0: Welcome back episode 2 of Bryology. Thank you for listening. If you listened to the first episode, I'm so thankful. Um, I really do appreciate the listens. They're just going up and up every day. If you haven't subscribed or rated the podcast, even if it's a one star, just give me some feedback so I know what to do better. Um, This week we have an incredible episode with Dan Spurgeon, a true rags to riches story. He talks about how he's a great father, a great businessman, super religious, and how he now owns multiple companies that are doing very well, and advice for people who have goals and dreams, but don't necessarily know how to achieve them, or what to do, or how to even get started. Um, This was incredible. I learned so much from Dan. He's ranked in the United States as a marksman. He goes to a lot of shooting competitions, and is truly just a really, really, really good guy. With that... This week, Bryology is brought to you by The Refinery Barbershop in Springville, Utah. Go there, get a haircut, see Steve, see Braxton. They'll hook you up and you will never get a better haircut in your life. That's Springville, Utah, therefinerybarbershop.com. Say that you heard about him from Bryology 101 Podcast and he'll hook you up real nice it is the best experience you get a massage he gets a vacuum after your haircut and he vacuums all the little hairs off so you don't have to go home and shower i mean you can if you want to but you don't have to get a warm towel he massages you And honestly, it's like a therapy session. You'll never meet a better guy. If you haven't listened to the podcast with Steve Roccozella, you need to listen to it because you will not meet a better person who cares about the way you look and the treatment he gives you as one of his clients. It is the number one barbershop in the state of Utah, I promise. And it has the best experience. They are now beginning to expand and they usually don't take new clients. So right now, if you're lucky, they'll be able to get you in. The Refinery com, and you can look them up on Instagram Refinery Barbershop. Now we'll get to Dan Spurgeon. I
1: so, I own three auto body shops so Oh, so this is.
0: So, my car's coming to you.
1: Yeah. I, he doesn't know that. I got hit yesterday.
0: Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. I didn't tell anybody because I was just so mad yesterday. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. Just on University Parkway. Coming down to the freeway to go to work. Oh man, I was so pissed a <coughs> little shithead. There's a guy.
1: Did just you get a, his insurance and up? Yeah, I got it all.
0: I got his driver's license. No. <coughs> he had a uh, state farm though and I have state farm and so I looked up everything and mm-hmm. supposedly giving me a call, but it like it the thing was he hit me. Yeah. And I've been hit and run before. Mm-hmm. And so like I pulled over real quick and I got out and got in front of his car. So I was like, you're either was hitting he, me. It, look like gonna try to run? it didn't look like he was going to try to run, but it looked like he was thinking about it. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like he was like, no, he's like, oh, like when I got in front of him, then he pulled over. And like I went and I opened his door for him. He's mm-hmm. so, like, I wasn't going to play this like talking to me through the window shit. Like I opened his door for him. I was like, let's look at the cars. And he's like, okay. And he's just some dude. He's probably like six foot. He gets out. And he looks at my car and my bumper's cracked. Right. And his car's just like a 2003 piece of shit. And so he, uh, he's like, looks fine to me. Like, I think we can just call it. Right. And I was like, no, bro. Like, go get your insurance. And I already got mine in my hand. Cause I didn't want to go in my car and get my insurance. Then he just like mm-hmm. dip. So I go and I go into his passenger side and I sit in his passenger side in like the seat. He's like going through it, and we take pictures and everything. And he's like, "Did you get it all?" And I was like, "Can I see your license too?" Because he just handed me his insurance cards and guy's license. I took a picture, and he's like, "I gotta go to work." And I was like, "All right, dude." So he left, and I called the cops, and they're like, "We can't do a one sided, okay. um, whatever, That's what call it called like police report." Police report yeah. So like, if you want to do a police report, you're gonna have to call him, meet up with him, and we'll be there <coughs> to like talk it over with you guys, but. Yeah.
1: Anyways, um, it yeah, just sucked. I was just talking to p- the end or the side. It, it
0: doesn't it matter not? where. You just want to keep about a fist from your face.
1: Omnidirectional. Yeah,
0: I spent. So I started this. You can start recording whenever you <coughs> want. Okay. Um. Well, you can talk to. We don't really care. But uh. Oh, I don't know. You're recording. Right now. Well, we try to like start recording when we're just communicating at the beginning. Yeah. This is how the whole thing will be. It'll just be like. Some smooth talking and um but I started doing this last year. I don't know if you knew that, I don't know if I ever told you that I was Uh-oh. starting to do a podcast. But I always wanted to do one, I like talking to people and um like I told you in the text message I can pick people's brains better. because yeah. everyone asks people to go to lunch, right? It's like, hey, you wanna grab lunch so we can talk and yeah. everyone's like, oh man, I don't really have time but if you're like, hey, you would be on my podcast, people usually are like, oh, yeah, I've never really been on a podcast. I'd be down to mm-hmm. do that. And so it's been a good way for me to mostly talk to my friends. i got yeah. a buddy that was went to Afghanistan and served, like, I think two full terms out there, and I wanted to know his stories and stuff. And so mm-hmm. started last year, but I had one of those those ghetto, like, blue circle microphones that I'd mm-hmm. put in the middle of the table. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, all right, we're just going to talk. And so you're recording like, with your uh, phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. And it sounded horrible, but it was cool. Yeah. And then this year, I like put as my New Year's resolution, like I'm gonna start the podcast again. But I'm like, how are you gonna do it? Once a week. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm gonna try to get some people on here, inspirational people like you that I look up to that like are oh, further ahead Appreciate in life than me and um, pick their brains a little bit, hear about their story. But I went and invested in these things, and I was like, oh man, it's a little bit more money than I thought it was gonna be. It's
1: probably a couple hundred bucks a piece, aren't Oh,
0: it, these elbows, man, were like, <coughs> I mean. I'm not gonna give a number because Say <laughs> Haley, my girlfriend asked, and I and I told her what it was, but I don't need everyone else to know. But it was like a pricey setup, and I was like, "Geez, Louise, just for this podcast." But it's going pretty good. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's fun. But uh, thanks for being here because uh, this is totally late notice. Yeah. My my guest I was supposed to be on this week, she uh she started a company that's like scarves and hats and stuff, and it blew up. So she got invited to New York Fashion Week like on the whim. So oh. she's out in New York, and then she'll fly to Paris, and then she'll be on the week after that. Um, just that's doing, cool. the, Yeah, she's like exploding right now. So, Kawhi, have you heard of her? Rick says you guys know her, her sister's husband, but I forget his name. What's her first name? Oh, I only know her by Quai. Is
1: know. that her last name?
0: Yeah. That's her last name. Yeah?
1: Yeah, I think I know her.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she'll be on in like two weeks or so, but. Um,
1: That's cool, man. She's
0: traveling. Yeah, so I appreciate you being on here just because it was super late notice. And yesterday, that
1: Mav was sick. and uh, Yeah, projectile vomiting. Everywhere. <laughs> I'm texting you and you're like, hey, man,
0: tomorrow might be better. So it, uh, it's good. It's 11 o'clock at night, so I know you have work tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Get the gym and then work out. Where are you going to the work? gym? Where are you working out? Dude, me and Gardner have been going to the training room.
0: The training room? Where's yeah, that? Under in
1: even AF Fifth East.
0: Oh, okay. Not Vasa, so you're not about it. Yeah. Above the VASA line. <laughs> that was
1: <laughs> No, I actually go there to work out. I'm not there to like check socialize. Everybody out Socialize. Socialize. Yeah. I actually appreciate it when nobody wants to talk to me there. Yeah. Or and I don't want to talk to anybody else there. I just want to work out, so
0: And Dan Gardner doesn't want to talk to you. He's like, screw, he let's just work no, out.
1: <laughs> no, he talks. But it's all good. He bought some he just got some AirPods for his birthday or Christmas or whatever. So now he talks less, so we work out more.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> Is it that one gym where there's that trainer guy? What's his name that everyone used to go to? I forget his name. And Mike? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the, the gym? Bike? Good.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's the gym. That's
0: the gym? Yeah. Does he give you guys workouts, or do you just choose what you do and you just... No, we just do our own thing. You just do your own thing? Yeah. Yeah? Are you... What do your workouts consist of? If you're looking big. Tell me what, what Dan Spurgeon does for his for his workouts. <laughs> Is it bodybuilding? Is it?
1: No, nah, dude. Monday was a Friday and Saturday, most Saturdays if I'm in town. Uh, Monday was a Friday, mainly those. Uh, like just weight training stuff. Just kind of your. Strength? Typical global gym type workout. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Tuesday, Thursday we do uh, kind of like a kind of a crossfit type workout okay and we we'll to do a couple uh rounds of uh you know different like kettlebell exercises and stuff like that basically if it sucks we're probably doing it yeah you're <laughs> pushing the sleds and <laughs> do the prop yeah the prowler mm-hmm. uh we'll push that with a bunch of weight on it and and kettlebells and tire flips and ropes, battle ropes and stuff like that so everything, just trying
0: to stay in shape more than anything then
1: yeah, man, I'm getting old, dude. How old are <laughs> you now? I'm 36.
0: Well, that's not old. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling old. You got another 40 years of working hard yeah. before you can even
1: retire. <laughs> yeah, I sure. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hoping to
0: retire in 10?
1: Yeah. I uh, hopefully less than that. <laughs> I
0: so I I was in this workout slump for like the past, well, I guess, two years, just because you gotta get in that rhythm of working out the same all the time. Yeah. And I started dating Saheli t- like about two years ago, and just the other day I I was making eggs with my shirt off, and I was like, "Say, how do I look?" She <laughs> looks at me, and I like that like, kind of a subtle flex. I'm like, <clears throat> "She's like, you look all right." I'm like, "All right, what <laughs> the hell slap, you mean all right?" Yeah, slap in the face. And uh, she's like, "Babe, I'm just saying you'll never look as good as you did when we first met."
1: Ooh, oh no, you didn't. <laughs> well,
0: Listen, to th- this is the worst part of it all. She'll get mad at me for saying this because she says, I didn't call you fat. <coughs> so then we call my mom. And you know my mom. She's There's God. no filter. There's no filter. She's going to tell you you're flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get her on FaceTime. I'm like, Mom, guess what? Say Haley just told me to tell her story. And she's like, Yeah, bro, you got love handles right now. Like, you're <laughs> thick. So I'm like, My egos hurt. Like, I usually think I'm a specimen. Like, I used to be athletic past two weeks, I've been like, no sugar, no bread. Good, yeah. yeah, I've been trying to like, cut fat. So, I went in the next day, the very next day, I went into um, Blender Bottle. Yeah. The warehouse, my buddy works there, and we work out there sometimes. Yeah, and yeah, su- yeah, super nice gym. It's awesome. And they had this new like, body scanner in there. So, I did the body scan, and I was and like. The Dexa thir-
1: scan, or like, the one that you hold? You, the one that you hold. It's the scale that you stand on, uh-huh. you the yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah.
0: I don't know how accurate those things are. Um, I heard the water ones are the most accurate.
1: Uh, Where you displace water? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what that's called. I think they're all accurate within themselves, mm-hmm. uh, against themselves. But, like, compare them to other other forms of measuring. I think they all are different.
0: Yeah, so. if you were to go to a different one, it might give you different results. Yeah.
1: But if you keep doing the same one. Then it'll be pretty accurate. It'll be pretty accurate. You can see the variance between Mm -hmm. what you do on the same type of measurement but if you're taking multiple measurements or different types and then it can be different
0: i think it i think it is different when you eat before as well and like you drink uh yeah and
1: like i know on the dexa scan like if you take a bunch of water it just sees that as as uh lean muscle mass i think okay is what it is yeah so you can you can trick those so if you Drink a bunch of water, it just makes you look like you have that much more more muscle mass. Yeah,
0: I uh, so I stepped on it that very next day because I was like, I want to see my body fat percentage because like I don't think I've ever been above 10 my whole life. I step on like 13.9. About (laughs) I was so pissed, (laughs) I was so embarrassed because I was telling my friend that took me to Blender Bottle, I was like, dude, I bet I'm like nine. Probably more like six, but I bet I'm like nine. And Rock,
1: you're rocking the dad bod already. Yeah, you know, it dude. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm like
0: pulling on my love handles. And I was that guy when I get to Blender Ball, no one's in there, so I'd take my shirt off and work out. That day after I stepped on that scale, I was like, I'm leaving my shirt on with my hoodie. And <laughs> but I just I did it again, and now I'm at nine. So I've lost, well, I'm four percent down in two weeks. Good man. Cause I've just been. I've, you know who Steve Cook is?
1: No, I don't. Oh,
0: how dude. I don't know that name. He's like a. In- influencer for fitness and down in St. George. Kay. It's like a gym shark guy. But he has this uh like he he teaches you how to like count your macros and your calorie count and stuff and how Kay. to be like calorie deficient. So I've kind of just been following his diet plan, but I've been down quite a bit since then. So it uh he's working but
1: he's kind of so cut a ton of weight just cutting the bread out and sugar. Yeah and
0: well, then I was drinking a gallon of water a day too, which I I never drink water. Yeah, which is like probably the worst thing for you is to not drink water. But it's been it's been bad. Um, anyways, I want to ask you before we kind of get more in depth to describe who you are, where you came from, your family life, um, growing up. To because you're not from Utah originally, right?
1: No, I grew up in Oregon.
0: Okay, so you went grew up in Oregon, and then how you came to Utah. And then we'll just keep that in kind of a quick story, and then we'll move on to what you're doing now, what you've done, and because um, you're a highly successful person in the eyes of many. I mean, oh, thanks, you're man. not a you're not like an average mm-hmm. Joe. You clearly are part of the one percent. You have multiple businesses and endeavors mm-hmm. and aspirations, and you've always been a high achiever in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. If it's shooting, if it's sales, if it's whatever it is, you're always going to be number one. It's kind of just the mindset that you've acquired. So. I want to dig a little bit into that, but um, after people understand who you are and why you are that way.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, I grew up in Oregon um, in a little town called Sutherland. There was, man, yeah, when I was growing up there, it was like 2,500 people or 2,700, I think oh, is geez. what the sign said. The <laughs> <laughs> one stoplight town, like legitimately a one stoplight town. Mm hmm. And uh man I don't know, my my uh my mom was from Korea, my dad's was born and raised in that area, uh like twenty miles away or so and um my dad met my mom in the military and brought her back. Okay. And uh brought her back to Oregon and that's that's where I grew up. But uh I grew up like super blue collar. <laughs> um I mean I'm I remember when I was like nine I remember waiting in line for food, like at the food pantry, like picking up boxes. We would go like, I don't know if it was once a month or whatever. I remember getting these sheets with stamps on, like like real food stamps. And and I remember picking up boxes of, (laughs) like the joke is government cheese, but it was legitimate government (laughs) cheese. (laughs) And like bags of cereal that weren't even malted milk. It was like the... It was like the off brand of Maltemil. It's like the, <laughs> the generic of the brand off. of Maltomil. Yeah. The off of the off brand. And, and I thought, oh, I used to think, it, well, mill was like the brand name stuff. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the stuff to get. Yeah. But yeah, that's where I grew up. I mean, my, my dad was uh, worked at the VA, he was a janitor over there. My mom worked at uh, selling seats and boats for Bayliner. So she was an uh, upholstery shop there. So it was, I mean, they're blue collar, and and I just started, uh, I don't know, I grew up, just played a lot of sports, football, basketball, baseball, wrestled, did that thing, uh, like my junior year in high school, I did, uh, let's see, I, I played basketball and wrestled at the same time, I played, uh, let's see, football was before that, and then I played basketball and wrestled at the same time, and I did baseball and track at the same time, oh, wow. so like five sports that year, I get kind of burnt out on that, but. Um it was pretty good at sports back in the day and then just got burnt out and didn't really want to do too much with it and, um then uh went off the, well, I don't know how much you wanna know about give when it I to was me. a kid. <laughs> give it to give you. Give it give it to
0: me. Man, um 'cause I don't know <coughs> this about you. Like I know you. How long have I known you for?
1: Oh. You've man, known long a time. long
0: time. Since I was probably like eleven.
1: Yeah, more than ten years. Yeah, why? absolutely. Um <coughs> I mean, I started working young. Um, there was a uh, old rancher I used to work for, uh, a friend of mine's dad. So I was bucking hay. At like I was like 12 or something like that. Oh, uh, okay. And um, which is a super hard job. I did that every summer until I was like 16. And then we had a, there was a plywood. So where I grew up, there was a lot of lumber. It's mm-hmm. so a lot of um, like my dad, when he was, kid a little bit older after he got out of the military he worked in the woods uh what I mean when I said worked in the woods he's a logger Mm -hmm. so was my grandpa and like my whole family uncles and all that worked in worked in the woods and um so when I was when I turned 16 I got a job at the uh, plywood mill and uh Murphy's plywood downtown and I we would uh We'd have our game, our football games, or we'd play on Friday night or Saturday night. And then after the game, we'd get done at football at like, I don't know, nine o'clock or whatever. And then we'd go straight from there to work at the plywood mill to like seven or eight in the morning. <laughs> wow. Wow. Right yeah. after the football game. Oh, yeah. It was right after. I'd come home and change and then go straight to work. So you've been hustling game. for a while. It's yeah. been a
0: work ethic since day one
1: yeah i mean i didn't really have an option dude we were poor man <laughs> yeah
0: did <laughs> you feel poor then or did you, looking back now you're like oh we were poor
1: uh i didn't feel poor then because all my friends are poor okay In like, where i grew up nobody, <laughs> nobody had any money okay and uh see, nobody had a new car like I, I don't know man i live here living here in utah and being at your place down in arizona and like there's a lot of prosperity in these areas, but where I grew up, it was like super depressed. Like the lumber industry was super depressed. Lumber prices were way low, and so and unemployment was really high. There just wasn't money, so there. There's no choice. Yeah, it wasn't a choice, and you didn't really know it. You're poor. Like either like I got free lunch and breakfast at school from the time I remembered. Oh wow! And so I would get to school in the morning. <laughs> <to come laughs> yeah, breakfast. Because That's where my breakfast came from, mm-hmm. so it Most was styrofoam uh, plates that are just ruining the planet, yeah. These <laughs> little things called combo bars that were like a hot pocket. It's like every morning because it's free. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, that's how I grew up. And but you don't know any different, right? When you're growing up and all your friends are poor too, and you just, I mean, just we just run around town on our bikes, and yeah. Mentality of victim by association because you're just used to it, right? Yeah, like there was no, I mean, nobody in my family like went to college or anything like that until my sister. Like All my dad's brothers and sisters' kids, like, none of them went to school. Like everybody, I mean, if you made it past like sixteen or seventeen without getting pregnant or like getting a girl pregnant, like you're you're doing something <laughs> good with your life, right? You passed. So yeah, my sister was the first one to go to college. Um, she's a year and a half older than me, and then then I went after that. But uh, yeah, I went to your school in Rex up in, Rick's up in Idaho, BYU, Idaho. Okay, And you With,
0: graduated from there.
1: No, so I did that. Went on a mission for two years in Boston, Spanish speaking. Came back, transferred out to Hawaii. Because I remember one time, I remember one time going to class in like January, or February up in in Rexburg and <laughs> the man wearing center had like the scrolling marquee with like it's the sign with the time and the temperature on it. And I remember walking to class and it said minus 27 degrees. No, oh, I'm like, 34's. are you freaking kidding me? And that, no lie that day. So I went straight to the library and I got on the freaking internet and, and uh, applied for BYU Hawaii. <laughs> 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 Literally right there that day. Applied and then went on a mission, uh, Boston, and came back, and then went to school in Hawaii for a year, year and a half actually, and then I transferred to BYU Provo. Okay. That's how I ended back up. Back to here. the cold. Yeah, I had some buddies, a, a buddy I grew up with that was out here, and yeah, a couple other friends I met my freshman year in college, I wanted to meet back up with again, so. Okay. So I moved out here. So. And then, did you graduate from BYU Provo? No, man. I, uh, I'm getting to
0: the nitty-gritty. I want
1: to know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually have. Uh, I've got a semester left. I was studying physiology, developmental biology. Um, took the DAT for dental school. Got into uh, school. But um, I, I, was, uh, I was dating a girl at the time. We got engaged. Um, and uh, that didn't work out. And I kind of had my whole life planned. Mm-hmm. when I was you know I was 20 what was I 22 or whatever so I thought I knew what was going on so had my life planned out that didn't work out and uh, so that in April went out and started selling summer sales. Is
0: that your first summer?
1: Yep that was my first summer and w- so I went out because I was like Dude, I was going to go to dental school the next year and um, get married go to dental school you know white picket fence yeah, and I think you have the plan then I, yeah and yeah. I just got I just got a 180 <laughs> got a big curveball there so I was like dude f all this <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go and I had a buddy of mine Zach that talked to me to go sell with him I'm like whatever I just want to leave here so I went out and sold out in DC uh, that's how I got into the sales thing
0: so let's go back really quick before we get into the sales were you living off loans prior to doing sales? Were you student loan? Um
1: oh no! Uh, yeah. So when I was going to school, um, I was working full time at PF Chang's. Well, not full. Well, yeah, full time. I mean, I was doing pretty damn close to full time. I mean, I was working server. Yeah, I was a server at okay. PF Chang's. So. And so were
0: you? You hadn't really realized like that there's abundance yet. Like, you'd moved to Idaho, and you've moved to Hawaii and Utah, but you still haven't necessarily realized the abundance of what's out there for you to accomplish.
1: And in terms of, like, money to make? Yeah.
0: Because you come from Oregon, and then you go, unless you saw it in Boston.
1: Uh, No, like, I don't know. When you're at college, like, for me, I lived in a little bubble, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't see, I was just going to school and working, so I didn't, I, I was doing what I was told, like, so... Like I say, my family's, you know, blue collars they get. Right. And I was told I was going to grow up. I was going to go to school, do well, go to college, and then become a doctor. That's that what The typical told. plan of what? Yeah. Because yeah. I did well in school, <coughs> and so that's what I was told to do. So I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So I went to school. I was working. I was going to go into dentistry, got in, and then realized when I had all that stuff changed, I was like, I don't want to do this, like. This doesn't. I don't want to do it. Right. It was uh, for other people. It wasn't for you. Yeah. It was. I mean, it's great, but it just <laughs> wasn't, wasn't. Wasn't for me. And it, I really realized that when my last year in college, I spent a couple hundred hours shadowing dentists and spending time with them. And I just I didn't want to do it. Right. I didn't Kinda do boring, it was kind of
0: boring. Same thing every day.
1: Yeah. I mean it. I mean it could change but Yeah. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty much the same <laughs> yeah. thing though. Um, but yeah, I just it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. It's good job, it's not for not for me, a good career, but it wasn't for me. So that's when my buddy Zach said I come out and sell. So I came out and sold. And that's how that all started. Who who did you sell for first? Platinum. Okay. Yeah.
0: How did you? So it was your first summer? What was that like going out? Because I'm sure you hadn't made an abundant amount of money, but in summer sales. I mean, they sell you on you can make a hundred k in a summer.
1: Yeah, and so my fr- my uh, when I was working at PF Change I I don't know what I was making fifteen bucks an hour after tips, you know, whatever. Right. I thought that was as good as you can get in college. So went out and sold, and yeah, did really well my first year. So I kind of came back and I was like, why would I want to go back to school
0: when you're making more money than people that graduate?
1: Yeah, like. My first thought was why would I want to go back to dentistry when I just made more money in a dentist than I did in four months? Yeah. So I didn't go back to school. I didn't enroll again in my in fall semester I didn't go back. Well, yeah, with that logic why would you? Yeah. Well, I mean it was it was short sighted in the sense of, you know, I was twenty two or twenty three at the time and thought I knew everything and and uh, I was you know like why would I go back? I'll just go do this again. You know, you don't think about, like, family and stuff like that later right. on when you're 22, but... Uh, Micro-thinking. I mean, yeah, right? And, and, it, and it worked out because I did that for, like, eight years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it worked out. You know, I was able to do a lot of stuff during that time. I was able to travel in the off-season during mm-hmm. the other eight months of the year. Have fun with friends. You know, people. Have a good time with friends and... Yeah, lots of memories are made. Yeah, with those
0: <laughs> a lot of those summer sales guys they drop out and then they go and have the times of their lives. I mean, yeah. I, did, so, cause you never that was probably the biggest check you've ever received was after summer sales. I imagine, uh, to that point.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the my back end check. I've right. Didn't make sense to me. The numbers didn't make sense to me on it, but I was able. To, I mean, in that four months, my back end check was over six figures. So when I. It, when I got that, I was—I thought I was the richest person in the world. Yeah, no one else <laughs> is touching this. <laughs> I like that was awesome. But you know, I was smart with it. I bought a house and uh, you know, a car, and so. And so, w- that was that your first sales job. Yeah, that was my first sales job.
0: And how did you, how did you make the transition from having a regular? Because sales is so important. I mean, sales is in every single job. If you're gonna anything you do if you're going to be a dentist if you're going to be a doctor if you're going to be whatever photographer you need to sell people on that your service is what they yeah. need so how was that transition for you from not being necessarily a salesman to now being a summer salesman one of the hardest types of sales jobs
1: you you know like for me it was i i, I don't know it just came like i think it was just from the work ethic back at home I mean a lot of you a lot of people have sold where you just go out and t- if if you're not an idiot and you just go out there and you put in the time and you don't quit, you know, you're going to do decent, right? Mm-hmm. And I just didn't quit ever, and I was okay at it, so I did really well. So do you think that's the number one
0: differentiator from good salesman and great salesmen is just continually putting in?
1: Oh, the work. Uh, number one is the work ethic. It doesn't matter how good you are. If, mm-hmm. you're, not, if you're not there. More doors you knock. <laughs> if you're not knocking the doors, you're not, you can't sell anything. It doesn't matter right. how good you are. Mm-hmm. right i i mean i've worked with thousands of guys in that industry, and I've been out of the industry for a long time but um I've worked with thousands of guys and trained thousands of guys in that industry and and i've saw, i've been around guys that were some of the best sales i've ever met in my life that had no work ethic that didn't matter how good they were I mean they weren't going to do well right, so it's just a combination of working hard and and being good at sales and that combination, you can do well.
0: Right. You swing the bat, you're going to hit the ball
1: eventually, right? And you got to get up to the plate though, man.
0: Yeah. If you don't get up to the plate, there's no, there's swinging, the bat. There's no swinging going on. It gets easier every time you walk up, right? Yep. Every yeah, single time. So you were in sales, you didn't go back to school, so you're just hanging out, um, traveling a little bit. You met Rick in that time. Yep. Um, Rick's my other brother, for those who don't know. Um and then when did you start building your team? We'll get through the summer sales thing pretty quick, but I think it's, I think for um maybe not necessarily you, but a lot of people that are in summer sales, like Mark Cuban says he'd rather have somebody that's done two years of summer sales than who has an MBA because hmm. he thinks that the work ethic and knowing how to close is something super important. And so I think that could be something that um, tailors us more into the conversation of where you are now yeah. is that base of summer sales. So when did you start, when did you realize you were good, and then when did you start deciding, I'm going to build a team to maximize as much profit as I can right now?
1: Well, after the first month, uh, the front-end checks I got were more than I made the whole previous year for working as a server at PF Chang's mm-hmm. uh, while I was going to school. So, at that point, I was like, oh, okay, I might want to take this serious. So, <laughs> so after, uh, I think it was, I was there like three weeks or four weeks doing it, and I was... Like I don't know, number two or three in the office at that point and decided to like take it serious. So downloaded every sales book I could think of, and that's all I did.
0: Grant Cardone getting motivated, and
1: he wasn't around then. Oh, he's newer. This is like 2006. Zig Ziglar, Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins, oh, okay, Brian Tracy, all, yeah, Nightingale, all those guys, those older ones. Yeah, so I listened to all those man multiple times, <coughs> read all the books. Lot and tons of role playing, and just took it serious. I think it's like with most things in life, man. If you take it serious and dedicate yourself, you can make something of yourself. And, you know,
0: you're right. If you have to become obsessed and dedicate yourself to it. Yeah.
1: So there, there's a big difference between like taking it serious and thinking you're taking it serious. <laughs> um Like when I say I was taking it serious, like literally, that's all I did. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't come home, watch TV, movies, like I studied. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people like, say they work hard or they take it serious. Like, so and of put in a half hour here or there, an hour here or there. I'm like, no, th- literally, that's all you do. Like, I came home from work at 10 o'clock. I read or listened to stuff until midnight. Went to sleep. Woke up in the morning. Studied for three four hours. Went to the gym. Then went to work. Right. So I took it serious. So I don't know. I think that's what. I I realized the opportunity that that was there and then put in the put in the effort and then it came.
0: Why do you think some people don't take it serious? Just
1: lazy, man.
0: <laughs> and do you, do you think it's because of your childhood that you Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, I I the work ethic for me just it, it's not a question. I don't know, like I don't had like a wood fired stove that heated our house. We mm-hmm. didn't have HVAC. We didn't go switch a button and it changed the temperature of the house. Like, I had to chop like eight, ten cords of wood every winter or every fall. Just so so like, like it fire. just had to be done. Right. Or you're going to freeze your ass off. <laughs> right. Um, if I wanted a car in high school, I had to go work for it because right. my parents couldn't afford it and I wanted a car. So I got a job working at the sawmill so it's just things like I don't know it's just like it's not even a. it's not for me it's not a question right whether or not I'm going to work so I, I don't know I don't know how to explain work ethic to people I'm seeing it now like trying to you not know, hire people for businesses and stuff and just people who just don't want to work right it's it's so difficult trying to find somebody that wants to actually work
0: wants to put in the effort
1: everybody wants to reap the benefits and the rewards but they're not willing to put in the work. I
0: was going to ask you that. So have you seen that same mentality shift, not only from when you were younger, but transform into when you're older and the more, I guess what you'd say, corporate business setting of, um, sales and branding and entrepreneurship. Do you see that the people who become obsessed and work harder, succeed more than those who are just talented?
1: Uh, for the most part. Yeah. Um, I mean there's always the cases where, you know, maybe daddy or friends hook somebody <laughs> up with a good job so they're successful because of that. But I mean at the end of the day, if you're working hard, um, but you gotta be working smart too, because I was working hard for a long time but I wasn't working smart. Right. And recently How do you how do you figures.
0: become self aware to know that?
1: You know what, like it it really it really dawned on me the last few years, like working for somebody else. Think And as arrogant as this sounds, like I remember sitting there in a meeting distinctly, listening to the owner speak to us and thinking to myself, there's nothing that you do or say that I can't do. So why am I making you rich? Right. Like, why can't I do this for myself? And then that was several years back and, and uh, I was listening to a podcast one time actually at Joe Rogan that I don't even remember who he had on there <coughs> and uh he was the the guest who it was was talking about like how many hours a day do you work for somebody else you know nine to five whatever how many hours a day do you come home and work for yourself like how many hours a day do you work to make somebody else rich? How many hours a day do you work to make yourself rich and that like that really struck a chord with me, and then since that time I've been putting I tried to, but the majority of my, well, now everything is for me because I don't work for anybody else. But, um, but that transition was, you know, if I'm working eight hours a day at work, I need to be doing at least half that for myself. If I'm not like, how do I expect? Cause everybody goes to work nine to five and like the victim mentality of, you know, why can't I do what they do? Or why, why are they rich and I'm not? or Right. Because you don't put an effort. When's the last? Like, if you're working for somebody else, you're not putting any time into working for yourself, right? To build your own stuff. So there, you have no excuse, right? Right. So, so I mean, there was a point where
0: you felt that you could do it, and then how soon after that did you start doing your own thing, <coughs> uh, or had you already started certain? little shops and whatever here and there so that you were already generating income and you realized that, Oh, I need to just put more (coughs) eggs into my own basket instead of making this rich person. No,
1: I wasn't doing anything for myself at that time before I started. Um, and that, that was the kind of the switch and the catalyst to get me to start thinking like, what, what am I going to do? Like, because at the end of the day, me working for somebody else and I was making great money. Um, I was able to provide for my family, have a ho- house, the house that I want, the cars that I want, stuff like that. But I'm like, at the end of the day, like that's not going to make me wealthy, right. right? It'll make somebody else wealthy, and it'll pay my bills. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't happy with that. You weren't going to do it. No, I mean, I could either just keep doing that forever and just be complacent or or <clears throat> or do something for myself. So that's when I just kind of started researching and just reading and trying to study as much as learning. I could about yeah just learning that that's the biggest thing man is just having a desire to learn how to do new things um, if I, I don't know how to instill that desire in people but if you're complacent where you're at there's not really anything that people yeah
0: know. I've seen th- it's been super interesting this past year yeah. I've been um I guess trying to figure out life a little bit more for myself. And um, it's been interesting to see how some people are just complacent being average, which is fine. It's a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but is it for you though? No, which isn't, which exactly. isn't, which isn't for me at all. Yeah. Um, I don't say that to be like, I'm above and beyond, but there's certain people like I can mention his name. Cause he, he says it's openly, I have a buddy Camden crumb mm-hmm. in Arizona who he just likes to serve people. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't care about money. He doesn't care um, necessarily about wealth. Yeah. He served the military because he felt like he should, and that yeah. was his duty. And Now he's going to be a firefighter, and that's just what he wants to do. That's awesome. Um, which is incredible, and he's one of the best guys I know, and he's extremely as happy. As long as he's
1: happy, worth worry, that it's the people that aren't happy with that, but they'll complain about it. And tiptoe around, yeah. But they're not willing to do the work and put in the effort to reap the benefits and the rewards that they want, that they've been complaining about, right? If you want to live a life of service, that's awesome, man. Honestly, one of my dreams, like, get to a point where I have residual income and off to work more and be a firefighter. That would be cool. That would be sweet, right? I think that would be pretty bad, eh? Yeah,
0: but you wouldn't do it without the residual income.
1: Well, I mean, I've got a family to take care of. Right. Right, so.
0: But, I mean, what if, I mean, he's going to have a family, too. He wants to get married and have a kid. But it's just, it's a different mindset is what I'm saying. So, like, He, he... wants only to serve and love and he's so happy with yeah. that and you're like well I want to have this money in this establishment and then I'll go and be a firefighter yeah. as almost like a hobby or something fun to have right
1: yeah I, I think things are different when you're doing it because you want to do it not because it's a job right, right. Um, it would be something that I would do because I wanted to and I don't know you just you do things and you treat things differently when you do it because you want to, not because you have to
0: right so well, and then you're happy, and I guess that's really where it comes down to is the people that are happy and the people that aren't mm-hmm. i think I think you you struck the the nail on the head with the people that complain and they bitch, and they moan about their lives, but they're not willing to change it, yeah, and they don't understand how to change it, and they blame everyone else for the reason. That they do. It.
1: They do. They know exactly what it takes to change it. They know exactly what they need to do. Okay. Almost everybody knows exactly what they need to do to change it. They just don't want to do it. Is that from laziness? It or are they
0: content blaming other people so they
1: feel satisfied with it? it's their fault, not mine? Honestly, man, showing up is like 99% of the game. Like I believe that. Like... If, if somebody's fat and overweight and they they don't want to go to the gym workout, guess what? Getting to the gym is ninety nine percent of the battle. Like once you're there, you're there. You know, might as well. Now there's people that work out harder than you there or whatever, but at least you're there. And if you keep doing that, if you just show up, if you're putting forth that effort to show up sooner or later, then all of a sudden you start working out harder and then you feel better, then you feel more motivated and. Things just start happening. But dude, if you don't show up, nothing's going to happen. Right. right? So I, I think I think most people deep down inside know exactly what they need to do to change their situation. They're just not willing to do it.
0: But Do you ever think they get worried that if they start to change the people around them, their network will start to think differently of them? Because they've created this self-identity of who they are. They're and comfortable, right? And right? They're
1: comfortable where they're at. And if they weren't, they would do something about it, right? Because people can talk and complain or whatever, but at the end of the day, like, what are your actions, right? Mm -hmm. If you were in a place that was so uncomfortable for you, but you were just like, ah, I don't like this, whatever, I don't like where I'm at, I don't like my girlfriend, my job, whatever it is, you're just complaining. It's just noise, Mm -hmm. right? But if it gets bad, and it'll... There's always a point where it gets bad enough where you're willing to do something, right? So I just think it's most people just aren't willing. They know. Most people know what it's going to take to get them out of their situation. They're just not willing to put forth the effort.
0: They'd rather stay comfortable than than break (laughs) into a a new realm of discomfort to become who they want to be.
1: Oh, it's uncomfortable. Uh, Believe me, it is uncomfortable to get out of the position that you're in that you don't like to be in, Right. For exa- like the gym example, it sucks getting up every morning, going to the gym, working out.
0: What time are you getting up?
1: Uh, well, my my kid wakes up at like five. So <laughs> <laughs> usually, my wife gets up with him, and I hear him screaming, running around downstairs. So I'm awake and just kind of laying there for a half hour. hour. <laughs> we get to the gym around seven, seven thirty, and uh, work out. But uh so not super early. I used to get up, work out a lot earlier, but. My workout partner can't go any earlier, so... <laughs> Shout out Dan Gardner G. What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could go about an hour earlier, but... uh Calling you out, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, man, people know what they need to do, and they're not in an uncomfortable enough situation where they're going to make changes, right? But like you said, it sucks. Like, the... They're comfortable being uncomfortable until it gets to the point where, like, in the position that they're to change what to get them out of that position is mm-hmm. going to be even more uncomfortable, going to make them more uncomfortable for a time, right? But if you have that long term vision, you can see past that.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think so? We talked a little bit earlier. Do you think there's like the key events of what you didn't know was uncomfortable? of when you were living that blue-collar life, working at P.F. Chang's, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Don't get me wrong, That's yeah. still blue-collar, man. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I own an auto body shop. Yeah. So <laughs> and if you want to follow him on Instagram, it's Dan Outdoors. The dude's a legend. Motorcycles, <laughs> guns. He's winning tournaments. Like, we'll get more into that, too. But this guy just succeeds at whatever he wants. That's why I'm picking his brain the way I am, because he decides to be good at, you know, shooting competitions. The next thing you know, he's, like, number two in the United States. He wants not to ride motorcycles. Not that high. <laughs> he wants to start riding motorcycles. I mean, he's he's okay at that. But he's riding motorcycles, and he, he's just knowledgeable on everything.
1: I'm better at riding motorcycles than I'm shooting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he's really good at both of them. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out how his mind works and why it's that way. But do you think there's those key moments? Like, I know for me, um, there's, like, some key moments of when I first got home from my mission, my dad cut me off um, completely from... Um, you know the tit to say Good. the least. Good for him. Oh, it's incredible. It was <laughs> awesome. And I remember I thought I had money. When you don't have money, you think a hundred bucks is money, right? Yeah. I mean, because you just don't know. And I remember I uh was with my friends and we were getting food and I swiped my card and it got declined and. uh that would suck. Oh, it was <laughs> the worst. It was the worst.
1: And, and you're like, crazy. "Oh yeah, I just traveling and yeah. bank shut it off." my uh, account.
0: I actually only leave like $10 in my account so I don't spend any, which I do that now. I only yeah. leave like a grand in there, but um I remember it got declined and I was super embarrassed and I was just like, "I'm actually not hungry. Just take it away." And I played it off. I don't know if any of my friends even know this. And um I checked my account and there was zero dollars in there, like zero. I actually think he said like negative 2.68 cents because I had spent a little bit more than I had <laughs> in there or something. And I texted my dad and I was like, hey, can you put money on my card? And he said, and he just texts back like, haha, who do you think you are? And I, was Good like, for him. and I was like, oh man. So I was just broke, like broke, broke, broke. Um, And now like. So you learned a lesson. Oh, I learned the lesson. And you completely. didn't die. I didn't die. <laughs> I starved for a few days until I um could find a way to make a little bit of money moving forward and uh but that's like an event that's something that like i will probably always remember and i have a few more like that that when um even if my bank account gets a little bit low or if even when i'm working out at the gym it's something that'll come to my mind where i'm like i don't want to ever feel like i have no leverage like i'm not reaching my full potential like that's my biggest fear yeah. is not reaching my full potential so do you think there's there's aspects to you in the way that your mind works, from maybe your past or what you've been through that have that you think about or that come to pass. That like I will not be that dance version again. I'm going to continually <laughs> progress forward because that's how they are for me.
1: Um, like I was, I, I guess for me, like I was poor before. and I'm not afraid to go back there, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take some chances. And uh, but I'll take educated chances, right? Right. So calculated chances, calculated risks. Um, but in terms of like you talking about like a specific instance. Right? Well, no, I'm I'm more talking about
0: f- you're not afraid to go broke again, but you know what it was like being there, and you're you're yeah. not. It's something that you're trying to prevent.
1: Like it's Hon- honestly looking back at it, man. Like. It was almost more comfortable because I mm-hmm. had way less responsibilities, mm-hmm. and to, like I leave the house at like seven, I usually get back around seven, or later, mm-hmm. and hang out with my kids. It go to bed, and my wife, and like as soon as I go to bed, like eight, eight thirty, like I'm working till midnight. On my stuff. And are you working on
0: Are you working on one specific business? Or are you working on developing others, or does it just depend on the night? Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes,
0: yeah. all of the above yeah
1: I don't, I don't know it's uh it's not an addiction of a, like I don't have a desire to be like this multimillionaire in fact like i I want my family to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean at the end of the day, the most important thing in the world is your family and right. spending time with your family and and your relationship with them. But in order to facilitate that, money is a facilitator, right? So um, I want to be able to provide them with what they need and what they want. And um, and for me personally, um, working for somebody else, making somebody else rich from my efforts was not fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. And once I started doing my own thing, it was it was a lot more fulfilling, even though I was making less money in the beginning than working for somebody else. And now, there's no way I could ever work for somebody else ever again. There's no way. Right. Biggest lie is that working for yourself gives you more freedom, but really, you're just working harder. (laughs) I'm definitely working longer, man. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? Hopefully, in a few years, that won't be that way, so. Well, I'm sure
0: people, if if they're still listening to us jabber, we usually get 1,000 listens, so people are still listening. What is this thing? We keep talking about you're doing your own thing. So, where were you? You did summer sales and then did you go to Nudge right after that? Or <coughs> what was kind of the gentle progression to now starting your own thing? What was the first thing that you jumped on
1: and kind of now what are you doing? Uh, you know, I worked for uh, a couple different random companies for a few different months. And then I started working at his creative well, selling. Uh, oh, no, sorry. I was doing loans. At low-vier rates with some buddies over there for like a year, year and a half. Didn't like that place. And then uh, uh, that's when I started working at Creative Wealth where I was at. And, you know, that was actually kind of it. Basically, it was teaching people how to buy and sell real estate. And then I was selling real estate to them. And seeing people in their situations, you know, 50, 60, 70-year-old people that I would sit down with that were trying to buy rental properties to help pad their retirement and I'm looking at their retirement account and they've got $150,000 in there mm-hmm. and I'm thinking to myself, how the hell are you going to retire <laughs> with $150,000 and they're spending like $70,000 a year or $80,000 a year. I mean, you're going to last two, do you realize you're going to last two years or or four years or five years or whatever the number was. And you're going to live to your like 90, So you're going to run out and have like 25 years left that you have gotta provide for yourself provide for yourself so how do you plan on doing that and just seeing that like hit people and not realizing you know even somebody had three four hundred thousand dollars in retirement I'm like that's gonna with your spending habits that's gonna last you like five years yeah and after a while I was realizing that that also applies to me mm-hmm. and then I started thinking what am I gonna do Like how am I gonna live? I I can't live off. You can't retire at sixty, and and retire with two three hundred thousand dollars in the bank or five hundred thousand in your retirement account, unless you just want to eat ramen for until you die.
0: Living in a box. Yeah.
1: So that really was kind of a turning point too, and I well, not a turning point, but an eye, an eye opener, to you know to realize that. That's crazy though. That's crazy that
0: people. I read a statistic. I think yesterday I was talking to my dad. The average thirty-five year old and lower has like a fifteen hundred dollars savings account or something like that.
1: Yeah, in the I United mean, States. I was fifteen hundred
0: dollars p- for savings account for
1: emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Are you
0: kidding?"
1: That's <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, just think about those. Emer- you're thirty-five. You have a kid. You have a wife, and something, a car
1: accident, anything happens, and you have fifteen hundred dollars. What are you going to do after that? Yeah. And the the crazy part is, I mean, that guy works hard nine to five working for somebody else. But how much. How many hours a night does he spend watching? I don't watch TV. I'll have TV on every once in a while as I'm working in the background. Like I don't watch TV. I don't go to movies, stuff like that. Like that guy. Podcasts? I, po- I listen to podcasts when I drive because I work up in Salt Lake. So I got like a 45 minute drive. Oh so to okay. podcast every day is yours. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. but uh Subtle plug. I mean, how often is that person working? How painful is it for them, right? Because it's not painful painful for them right now. Because if it is, it gets to the point where you're going to move. You're going to change, right? If you put your hand on a stove, guess what happens? At first, it's not hot. Mm -hmm. And you turn it up. And all of a sudden, it gets hotter. And there's a point where you go and you pull your hand away. And you make a change because it's too damn hot. Right. Right? It's too painful. So... I mean the guy has 35 years old that has a couple of kids and is married and has $1,500 in his bank account it's not painful until something happens and then he needs more money than that but what is he doing to change that predicament he's in right mm-hmm. does he work 8 hours come home and sit home and watch TV take his kids to practice or whatever how many hours a day is he working for himself right to bring himself out of that mm-hmm. the position that he's in
0: right well, and it's weird too because if someone, what I've noticed and something that my dad's taught me is, if they have that fifteen hundred dollars, if they lose it, they always find a way to get it back. So you, you, people are very resourceful when they have their goal or their limit in mind. Of I need fifteen hundred dollars in the account find a way to do it because it's painful because it's painful and they find yeah. a way to make it work but it goes the same way if they all of a sudden get three thousand dollars in the account they think they can spend fifteen hundred and they bring it back down to fifteen hundred it's it's the identity of the temperature that they've set themselves at in the room right yeah so if they think i'm you know i'm a seventy five thousand dollar a year man uh-huh. that's what they make because that's the identity that they've set for themselves
1: did they set them for themselves or did somebody tell them they're worth that much i
0: think it's their identity i think because Kay. even if someone taught them that and, you know, we can play devil's advocate with it, but if they are doing the same thing that they were doing before and they lose that money, they'll start side hustling, they'll start selling things and they'll get that money back. Why aren't you doing that every day? And it's the same thing with your fitness. If someone loses that's why people lose a lot of weight, but then they gain it back, because they didn't change their identity of who they are. Yep. They just started working to to hit a goal that they had, but they didn't change they are inside that i am now a thin person i am now a healthy person yeah they just had this i'm gonna lose weight and then they get fat again yeah. and that's just i mean that's what my dad taught me when i did swipe my card and i got a little bit mo- more money in my account he's like now don't set your identity back to a zero account man yeah he's like you need to constantly become a hundred a day man a two hundred dollar a day man a three hundred dollar a day yeah. man and continually change the identity to who you want to become and I don't even know how I went off on this rant but I think it's (laughs) something that is um, something I've tried to implement in my life that's important that I see all the time people just setting their own personal temperature and then you know it's just crazy because that's what not improving upon it and they stay there that's why they watch TV they don't think they need to progress anymore Um, would you say that learning when you say you're working for yourself you don't watch TV you're working would you say that going on Google and learning how to drop ship or going on Google and learning how to buy rental properties. Would that be um working in your spare time when you're putting in extra time until midnight?
1: Oh hundred percent. Like
0: the educational part of it? <coughs>
1: Dude, I, I can understand somebody argue somebody's argument, you know, thirty, forty years ago, like hey, I'm poor, there's no way <coughs> there's no way I can get out of my situation or whatever. You know, I c- you know, I don't believe that, but you know, you had at least maybe an argument during a long time ago, right? Right. But now with the internet, where you could literally learn how to do anything that you want, you have zero excuse if you are not happy with the financial situation that you're in,
0: or any si- fitness, or, fit, or yeah, or anything, yeah, for that matter. education. Like you're not doing well in school, you're not. You can
1: literally, find the answer to anything you want. How do I make money on the internet? You know, and all of a sudden, five million things come up, and then you just start reading. And then you just start doing, because if you have all that knowledge in the world, but if you don't do anything about it, guess what? Nothing's going to happen. right? So you start reading, you start doing, but you have to it has to be painful for enough for you to go, Okay, I want to do something about this. So what am I going to do? I'm going to start reading and researching. And then once I find something then I'm going to act on it. Mm -hmm.
0: And that goes back to what you're saying earlier, just stepping up to the plate. Yeah, and then you got to swing. You you just you got you you have to swing.
1: Yeah, researching and trying to learn is stepping up to the plate, and then once you find something you think might have a chance, you got to take a swing at it. Man, I don't think it's ever been easier than right now. um, In in terms of what?
0: In terms of one education, Mm -hmm. learning things. I don't think it's ever been easier based on the internet, and I also don't think it's um, ever been easier with the resources of. One motivation that you can get from the internet mm-hmm. and being able to, if it's, for example, Alec, he's, he's growing a photography business right now. I don't think it's been ever easier for a photographer to grow their business. Maybe not in Utah because everyone and their mom's a photographer, but <laughs> I don't think it's ever been easier because you can go and you can figure out, I mean, you're, you're, you can cus- learn everything. You can learn everything and your customer base is on the, it's worldwide yeah. now. It's not just. If you're from Phoenix, it's not just, you know, the people yeah. in Phoenix you can take pictures for. It's, you know, if people like your pictures in Florida, they'll be willing to fly you to Florida. Yep. And I think the the bandwidth of the environment of which we live right now has never made anything easier from fitness. Like I was saying, I got that diet for free on YouTube. Yeah. Like, it's all just right there, and it's all <coughs> just, it's incredible. But so that's because
1: you showed up, and you were there, and you were looking. I'm still a skinny little, you know, <laughs> but... <laughs>
0: But uh, yeah, exactly. Because you got to just show up and do the work. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. Um, but going back to those people that you were selling that didn't have, you know, um, large savings accounts and you're selling them, uh-huh. you realize that was something important for you. Where did you move on from there? Is that the last job you had was with them?
1: Yeah, I worked there for a few years. Okay. And then, uh, then I went to a brokerage firm. Um, I thought I'd do the white collar thing for a little bit. Like <laughs> How'd my that work? Series three, seven, and... Series three seven to sixty six licenses, to do options trading and be a financial advisor and all that. Um, Well, I'm not doing it now, so (laughs) that has answered your question. Um, It wasn't for me. I didn't like the industry and and, uh, but that's where I really made the final decision. Like, dude, I'm not working for somebody else anymore. This is this isn't who I am. So,
0: and then what was the first jump? What was the Because you started a, if I'm correct, you were starting businesses while you were still there before you jumped off,
1: right? Yeah, so I'm not, I wasn't, I didn't make a hard, fast cut. But while I was working, my quote unquote nine to five, I um, had a couple side hustles that I gradually started putting more time and effort into, and all of a sudden they started, the more time and effort I put into them, the more money I started to make with them. Right. Imagine that. Yeah, that works, huh? Yeah, and then it got to a point where I was making quite a bit more money on my side hustle than I was with my J O B. Yeah. What and was your
0: side hustle? What was the original one?
1: Uh clothing. Uh clothing stores online. Okay. Um that was the first one and um like
0: drop shipping clothing stores or yep. you were doing kind of like whiskey militia type. No one? drop shipping type oh, okay. stuff. Okay.
1: And uh which literally anybody can do, um, with no money. And um, and started making more money than my job, so I was like, "Dude, I'm I'm done. Like, I want to work for somebody else." And start a few other side hustles as I was doing that, and realizing that that I don't I don't need to be working for somebody else. Which anymore. is which
0: is fine, right? If you're having a a job, it's almost smarter to start off with a side hustle before you cut the throat completely.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean. Um, I would do it that way. That's <laughs> how I did it. I wouldn't recommend, you know, just jumping in, but uh I mean, you certainly can. Uh if you trust yourself enough to work hard enough to uh make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, as a fallback plan, but everybody everybody's got that comfort level, the risk that they're willing to take. I was willing to take that risk, but at the time, um I just didn't because it was it was working out the way and I wanted the way that I wanted to scale it up, I wanted to do it gradually because I still felt like I was le- learning it, the the process and whatnot, but, um, um, yeah, I mean, it just worked out for me the way that it was, and then... Um, but you learned all of that stuff because
0: that's different than any of the other jobs you've had. You're in, you know, loan processing, you're a financial advisor, you're in summer sales, and now you're going to internet marketing and drop shipping.
1: I didn't know a damn thing about internet marketing. <laughs> 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 I mean, I didn't, <laughs> know, I didn't know anything, and... Uh, I went from not knowing anything to like three four uh probably like three months later, spending a couple thousand dollars a day on advertisements mm-hmm. that I'm running. So um
0: And not losing that. It's like he's getting a return on that investment of the advertising. Yeah, I'm not no, no, no <laughs> he's not I'm not just dropping a no, thousand no, dollars on that courses.
1: He's no, no, no. I'm not just making donations. No, I'm spending <laughs> Uh, a couple thousand dollars a day on advertising, Facebook which brings me Facebook, Instagram, a few other places um that brings me a significant return, so
0: okay, yeah, mostly social media though
1: uh not all yeah, majority of it is social media have yeah. you done
0: influencer marketing as well
1: done everything yeah
0: and what do you think is the best as of right now has been the best, most profitable um form of advertising- more branding? um and tailoring to the brand because brand's super important when it comes D- to that online depending on the business that right. we're
1: talking about here cuz i've got several of them running online but uh influencer marketing is huge right now which blows my mind i mean to me like i don't give it i don't even damn what somebody else is wearing or doing or eating or whatever like to me it doesn't matter you're kind of an influencer though <laughs> but dude,
0: but <laughs> it's probably cuz i don't what you have on instagram
1: uh, I think it's, like, just under 50,000. <coughs> Influencer. So. <laughs> so <laughs> but, dude, the funny thing is, like, I do not care. Like, what you eat and drink and wear and whatever, yeah. like, dude, does not, like, influence <laughs> me. At all. I'm the last person in the world that will be influenced by what somebody else is doing in terms of, like, what they're wearing and using. and stuff Lifestyle. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just doesn't matter to me, like. Just because I, I guess I know that a lot of those people are just doing because they're getting paid, right? And they'll say this thing is awesome just because they're getting paid. Because mm-hmm. I pay people to do that, right? So I pay people to say that this is awesome. <coughs> and they might not even think it's awesome. They're just getting a check. And I get I have sales. That's how mark. That's how marketing works. So mm-hmm. right. Every car commercial on TV that you see, every clothing commercial, like those people aren't. How do you know that they think that's the best shirt, <laughs> <and> the best <laughs> pair of shoes, right? Right. Because the dude signed a five million dollar basketball shoe contract. Mm-hmm. He, it's not the best shoe. It's because they gave him five million dollars. Yeah, I'm signing right? that contract too. Right. So I don't know. For me, like I don't, I don't, I don't wear logos on my clothes or anything like that. So. Uh, just a yeah. whole marketing thing like just doesn't. So, so what you're saying is
0: you didn't have a base around this at all. And then you decided, you know what, I'm going to start this, this business that is 100% in a field that I don't even necessarily.
1: No clue. I had yet. no clue what I was doing. In fact, I started and was profitable within 30 days. Okay. I got to where I was a couple thousand dollars in the hole learning So did you pay for a course? No. Originally? (laughs) No. (laughs) I learned everything on my own. I didn't pay anybody a dime. And all the information you want, need, or want to know is on there for free. You don't need to pay for any courses. (laughs) They might might expedite it or whatever. But I was probably five or ten grand in the hole before I became profitable. Um, I was making money at that time, but not not profitable. Mm -hmm. But I was out of the, I was in the black. By the time I spent within thirty days, yeah, within thirty days, and then it just has gone gangbusters since then, so it's mm-hmm. gone up quite pretty fast and where was
0: that ten thousand dollars just on the advertising and the website yeah. domain,
1: yep, <coughs> I mean the website and domain, everything is cheap, I mean you're paying thirty five bucks a so month it was just advertising
0: it was all advertising mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how important do you think that for certain for the clothing businesses at least I know um Kind of brand trust through Instagram and Facebook and kind of having uh, a name is pretty is pretty important mm-hmm. as of
1: today right it, it is and it isn't um, I mean for long term it is brand awareness and brand trust and all that is, is huge um, the initial sale is especially on social media when they click to buy um, for women between the ages of 20 and 35, it's an impulse buy. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's so cute! I'm buying it now. Click buy, <laughs> like doesn't my matter. My Amazon's
0: it. so successful. Right <laughs> now. It
1: doesn't matter what brand, none of the stuff. For a small percentage of the people, they'll say, "Does anybody trust this brand?" Blah blah, blah. like, but they end up buying it. <laughs> well, then I must be small percentage because I saw this just the other day. I was on
0: Instagram, a jacket came up, and I was like, "That's a pretty cool jacket." And I clicked it, and it took me to the web page. But I was like, "No." I unclicked that and you know how the Instagram thing goes down and I clicked on their website and uh, they followed like 6,000 people and had three followers yeah. and I was like, eh, scam. Might as yeah. well go to Pakistan and get a jacket, you know? Yeah. And so maybe am I a different person then than most? When it comes uh, to most
1: that? people don't look that deep into it. Okay. Yeah. Most people see something they so like. weird. They'll look at the cost and then they'll buy it. Okay. If, if the... If it's what they want and the price is where they're okay with paying, it doesn't matter, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have, you have three online. How many online businesses do you have right now? We got a couple. I mean, we're just launching right now the CBD stuff. So oils, gummies, all of right There you're looking at. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. Are you about
0: to take drops or what? Drops. What, what are, are the benefits all? of CBD? I'm actually curious to what you, what you have to say about
1: it. Uh, CBD is pretty cool man it does a lot of things uh, anxiety is kind of a big one uh, anti-inflammatory so I take I had back surgery a f- few years ago and it's mm-hmm. helped me quite a bit um, but uh, what did you do,
0: your back? Bro- did you break it? Herniated disc oh yeah. wow
1: but mainly for like anxiety it'll calm you down um, focus help people focus too uh, you will have the best night's sleep you've ever had after you use it
2: really mm-hmm.
1: yeah you have deeper REM sleep and I actually sheep sleep shorter like I sleep less but I sleep I feel deeper. way more rested when I wake up so the benefits of sleeping deeper well-known so are you become
0: accustomed to it is it one of those things that if you take one drop a month later you have to start taking two drops
1: no from my understanding it you, you don't You don't have that issue so
0: So this is a new thing that you guys are about to launch?
1: Yeah. Okay. Mr. Gardner and I are doing it. Oh, really?
0: So it's not launched. It's not available to buy right
1: now? Not yet, but it will be coming out probably within the next week or two. Okay. So we'll have a website up and everything.
0: And then how are you guys, if I can ask these questions, is it going to be all through internet, social media-based marketing? Are you guys going to try
1: to? we got to be a little tricky with that just because – Basically, with um, Facebook and Instagram, when I you can't advertise CBD products on there. That's why I've never seen them on there. Right. Um, but we've got some we've got some workarounds. So.
0: Oh, okay. Just <laughs> being secretive about yeah. it. <laughs> got some workarounds. And so you guys already created the website. Do
1: You use Wix, Shopify. What's the? Uh that one we'll use Shopify. Okay. Yeah, I've already created it. It's not open yet, but it's Focal Hemp is what okay. it's called. Plug it. Tell people when, when can they when can they expect to... should be out in a week or two. It's gonna be FocalHemp.com or focal cbd. Uh, we're gonna be selling some products on Amazon under Focal Hemp because okay. you can't sell C B D on Amazon. Um it's a similar product, um but not the same but similar product. And then uh, Focal C B D will be our full C B D line.
0: Okay. So awesome. And you guys are launching it here soon, so this is gonna be your third your third online product. Uh yeah, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I'll just I'll talk a little bit about CBD. I, I follow this girl on Instagram who's like a little entrepreneur chick. She's like yeah. Super young, but she makes a lot of money. and She does CBD. She she does like
1: oh I forget what it's. it's called. Little MLM.
0: Yeah no, no 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 it's she just she has a Shopify store, and um. She, she sells CBD did, on there. Yeah, well she she had like a lady following. She did like a lady fitness, um. Facebook group <laughs> she had probably a hundred thousand girls on there that she was um, giving like yeah she had a lot of people that she was giving um fitness advice for nutrition plans hmm. and once you have that platform that you've built for yourself you have their email you have um she has a podcast that does can remarket well. all of it yeah so she um she was giving all this content for free and really building up kind of her value and then she dropped her CBD line and it just blew up That's just so instant so, well yeah and she did a uh, she did a um, subscription-based CBD line. So they pay monthly, and it just comes to their doorstep like every other week or something. So
1: That's something we're planning on doing.
0: Yeah, so it's a smart thing. She, she like, kills it. Or she says she kills it, I guess. I don't really it's know. It's good it. stuff,
1: man. You no, know, it's like, I take it. It's good.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's getting past everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. People are starting to believe in it a little bit more, and um, it's growing huge. So, you have your clothing ones, and then how recently did you just start Valley Collision? Is this the...
1: Well, my in-laws, actually, I bought a an uh, auto body place in April of last year, and I came on board in December, and we bought subsequently, we just closed on our third one last week. hmm So...
0: Oh wow! So you guys have three now. They have. Are got they all in Utah? Yep. Uh, Salt Lake.
1: Yep. Nine hundred south. Twenty four hundred south. Thirty four hundred south. Jeez, you guys are just—you guys are just—we're smashing it in Autobody. It's—it's it's awesome. It's—it's uh, it's pretty cool to be a part really? of. Really,
0: it. there's it a lot of insurance base from wrecks.
1: Um, most recs... Um, w- we're not a DRP, or direct repair for an insurance company yet. Um, most recs are gonna be people are using their insurance. Right. But we have a lot that are out of pocket pay. Too, oh, really? So, mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you guys
0: probably haven't been in it long enough. Maybe, you know, do they, once they come, are they recurring customers? Do they usually come back to the same repair shop?
1: Yeah. If, if you don't, if they feel like they got a good deal, uh, you treat them well, it, they will always come back to the same shop. We, one, so one of the shops that we bought, um, has been there for like 20 years mm-hmm. we bought the shop from somebody else and there's people that come in and say the name of the previous place um thinking it's still there oh like it's still okay. that company we're like yeah. no no we actually bought it we're and i said oh okay uh well can you fix my car mm-hmm. and it's because when they get their car wrecked they take it to the same exact place every time mm-hmm. just because that's what they that's know what
0: they know yeah. We're we're creatures of habit right yeah, that's crazy. How long have we been going? He has work tomorrow, so we'll we'll start wrapping up. I just have a few more questions. And yeah, then we'll hopefully go. we can get you on again because there's you know the shooting thing I want to get into. There's yeah. motorcycles I want to get into. There's family. I mean, I sent you an itinerary, but these things go so fast. You start talking, also yeah. it's like an hour and a half, and you're like oh my gosh. Yeah. So we'll have you on again. Maybe we'll get you and. And Dan and Rick and maybe the whole crew can come in. Yeah, would be out of control. <laughs> <That'd be laughs> that would be too be crazy. Out of, out of control. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to get a few more mics and we'd have to soundproof this room because they'd just be laughing. But yeah. So if you were to go back and and see 20-year-old Dan or 20-year-old, um, let's say fast forward time, and it's 20-year-old Maverick, your son, and um, you were to give them advice um, for life, for moving forward, for um becoming reaching their full potential and becoming successful as they could what would you tell them and in which steps would you take them moving forward
1: do just do you got to do man like it, nothing happens unless action happens if if you don't you can have the best ideas in the world but if you don't act on it nothing's ever going to happen um that comes with work ethic um uh, work hard and do i think is I I mean, you can you can have ideas that maybe aren't good ideas, but if you do something about it and maybe you fail, guess what? You're probably going to learn something from it. Mm-hmm. So the next idea you have come up, if you act on that, you know, if you ever get in a situation similar, you know what not to do. And it's just like I was saying before, man, showing up and is the majority of the battle. But then you got to take that swing when you're there. And, um, yeah, if it was just one thing, I would just say, do like, do what you say you're going to do. Um, and when you have opportunities, take advantage of it and and go understand what your value is. Um, you know, if you're fine with working nine to five for somebody else the rest of your life, which most people are, then, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that at all. No. Um, for me it just wasn't wasn't what I wanted to do with my life so
0: right and I think a lot of people you can listen to this and and you know think right now I'm gonna go do I'm gonna go become I'm gonna you know hurrah right now mm-hmm. how do, how would you encourage people to maintain that mentality do you set goals are you a goal setter are you like a a habitual person, do you have kind of a morning ritual? What do you do that continually maintains that mindset of I need to do, I can't just say right now?
1: Yeah, I mean I I have a routine. I mean every morning I wake up, I do the same things and then I and I go to the gym and then I go to work. Um, routines are good or bad, right? If you get in a good routine or you get in a bad routine. If you're in a bad routine of waking up late, sleeping in, you're not going to the gym, you're not doing these things and it's just a routine. Mm-hmm. Um but uh try to establish good routines. Um I I think at the biggest thing on in, in terms of maintaining what what you were talking about, like maintaining staying on track I th- I think is is being able to look at yourself and say and and taking, you know, real honest inventory of yourself, mm-hmm. like say, hey, what am I doing, or what am I not doing, and not lying to yourself. If you lie to yourself, then all bets are off. Like it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know. But being able to look at yourself and say, hey, I'm doing this really good and this, but I'm I'm like slacking on this, and I need to do this better. If you can't take an honest look and an honest inventory of what you're personally doing, mm-hmm. deep down inside, then that I think that needs to change before anything else because you can't establish a routine or you can't establish these good habits over time. Mm-hmm. And then you get, let's say, three, four, five weeks down the road. Let's say you use the example of going to the gym every morning. Let's say for, you set a goal for going to the gym for every day for six months and then three weeks down the road you're not going anymore, but then you can lay in bed and wake up after you slept in and justify it right mm-hmm. you're not taking the honest inventory going okay no I made this goal and this is what I'm going to do right it doesn't matter what's coming in the way aside from somebody dying or like I have an amputation of my leg or whatever like you're just not going to let things stop you mm-hmm. right And unless you can take that that just that self-introspection that, that inventory of yourself every day it's not going to it's not gonna go well.
0: It's crazy. People usually only do that self inventory on <coughs> December thirty first, January first, right? Once a year, people look back at their year and then plan the next year, and that's the last time they so do, I do it. do it
1: all day, every day. Really? All day, every day. What am I doing? Okay, so how can I do this better? What could I do better on this? Or am I doing this right? So just constantly gotta keep asking yourself to keep yourself on track. Because if you, yeah, if you have a
0: high volume of self awareness though. Like do you know that? Like you're you're very more self aware than the average person, because you know, for someone to have the discipline to even do that is incredibly.
1: It's just train though. Like you have to constantly train yourself. And that's why I think I've been able to learn so many different, you know, hobbies and and businesses. And what I don't I didn't do a few months ago. I didn't know a damn thing about auto body. <laughs> I know quite a bit about it now. Right. Quite a bit. <laughs> so yeah, you own three shops. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't know anything about Facebook advertising and Instagram advertising. Do you guys run Facebook ads for Valley Collision? Yeah, I do it. <laughs> 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 it works great. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know where I was going with that. But you got to be able. Okay, I remember. So y- you you got to be able to look at yourself and say, Hey, I don't know anything about this, but I need to learn. So who do I go to? I go to the people that know the most or know a lot about this. And I learn from that person, that person, that person and, and piece it together because there's not one person that knows everything about it. <coughs> but if I can find 10, 15 people that know stuff about it, I can piece it together. Right. And that's, that's what I did with like internet marketing. For example, I found, I mean, there's a million people online that think they're the genius and got at internet advertising and everybody has a little different way of doing it. So I've, study for all of them and, and put together my own little recipe mm-hmm. right? but if you can't look at yourself and say hey no I, I, I suck at this like, I don't know a damn thing about it but I need to learn because if I learn this it's going to help facilitate x y and z mm-hmm. so put forth the effort but if you can't look at yourself like "Yeah, I don't, I don't need to learn that or you know I'm not good at that if you can't say that to yourself then you know you're just crippling yourself really Wow, this has been
0: this has been pretty good. What do you think? Last question: When are we going shooting? <laughs> I, I want to go. Whatever you want. Yeah. You the other day, I want to go. When it's not snowing, there's not Jeez, I know snow and mud outside. I'm about to go to the indoor range right across the street that you guys
1: have. Oh, that's depressing. Oh, is it? So no, I just hate indoor ranges Oh, well, sorry, I'm not a badass <laughs> like you No, no, it's just not as fun as shooting steel outside Right yeah. Well, you just had a competition this last weekend, didn't you? Last weekend, yeah How'd you do?
0: Got tied for six on that one How many people were in it? 120 So you got six out of 120 and you say you're not that good?
1: <laughs> I didn't say I was second in the nation <laughs>
0: I wish it <laughs> all was right. He's not second in the nation yet, he's learning still
1: It's a it's a hobby Um, I don't practice at all like ever mm-hmm. and uh I know if I practice, I can move up but right now, it's the whole cost benefit ratio, so it's other priorities in life are taking a, taking priorities to that, so i'm f- I'm fine with where I'm at, um not being complacent, I just have other priorities, but uh there'll be a day when I can put more time into it and hopefully move up here when you're a
0: firefighter and you have that residual <laughs> income that
1: would be pretty cool yeah, that'd be sweet i'm down
0: i uh, yeah i wanted this one to be focused more on kind of your mindset i wanted to pick your brain of like how you think mm-hmm. and um why you're number one in every sales position you've had why you were able to um achieve things a little bit more business minded but i want to have you back on to talk about um about the guns, about the motorcycles, about your family, about your mm. your political views, a little bit more <laughs> about why Ford trucks only and no, and no why no, you no. don't and why you don't shop at certain stores and some of those phone conversations I know we <laughs> get into so <laughs> i uh, I want to have you back on okay, we have a little bit more time it's almost little midnight problem. now, and um you gotta wake yep. up early meet Dan to work out, and I got to catch a flight tomorrow to Arizona, but seriously, this has been awesome. Thank you cool. so much for no problem, the last man. second. You want to give any more shameless plugs of um, products or businesses that you want people to look into? Whatever you want, you can throw it in here. I know that guy from the barbershop got like six new clients last week from Great. the podcast. so whatever you want. If you need free.
1: auto body work, come check us out, Valley Collision. You'll get a good job uh, done for you. Competitive price.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. That was biology. We're out. Awesome, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that podcast. Dan is an incredible, incredible dude. Um, if you have any feedback, please share this on your Instagram. Put it in your story. I'll repost it. Help me just get the word out there so Biology 101 can start to grow. I know it's a little weird, but I really, really enjoy doing this, and I would love for more people to hear and gain information, even if it's just one person. If it's one more person each week that gains a little bit of information, I'd be so grateful. Please rate, subscribe, um, give a review on the podcast app, and really help me out. I'm just trying to get some advice. And again, the Refinery Barbershop sponsor this podcast. Great guys. Go in there. Say you heard about them from Biology 101. See you next week.